All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios, like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else, from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hello, friend. This is an episode of Note to Self, but from when we used to be called New Tech City. Same good content, just the old name. Enjoy. Hi, it's Manoush Samarodi, the host of New Tech City. And if you're single, well, chances are you have a love-hate relationship with online dating. You know, I think that in this day and age, it's probably the only way of meeting people outside of your group. And, you know, I have lots of fantastic friends, but none with any men that they could set me up with. Uh, maybe like 15 dates or so. Um, but yeah, they're all nice, but just, just not for me, you know. Life is busy and you have to like dedicate so much time to checking your profile and hanging out with people you don't know. Those were singles, trying to learn tips on mastering the art of dating in the digital age. And the event was appropriately held at a computer store, TechServe in Manhattan. This, my friend, is the state of mating in America. And so this week on New Tech City, the frontier of finding love and what it could take to make finding a match online less demoralizing and time-consuming. I ended up with a lot of strange people trying to save me from the devil. Yeah, it was really not pleasant. And then um, one date that didn't really quite work out so well ended with food poisoning. So, you know, I really, uh, I really didn't have such a good experience. And I thought, you know, this isn't for me, but... I know several friends who've met the loves of their lives online, so I'm, I'm thinking this 2014 might be the year. Ah, hope springs eternal. That was Suzanne Taylor, Lucas Lloyd, and Anna Marie Smith talking to WNYC's charming Anne Marie Fertoli. Is there anything else you want to tell us? Uh, yes, are you available at all in the future? <laughs> no, ha, and that was Greg Packer. You can't blame a man for trying. He was hitting on Anne Marie. But he's got the right strategy. Play the odds. Date as much as you can, especially if the computer knows there's a good chance of a love match. Yes, love comes with statistics and probability these days. But what if the matches suggested to you were just better? Don't worry, you don't need to be a programmer to find your special someone, because we found a really smart guy who might be able to do the digital dirty work for you. There are ways to improve it because... Uh, the, the information you have in your profile is sometimes it's just too much. And why maybe, just maybe, attitude has everything to do with the algorithm of love. It's, oh, his hair is kind of thinning, and oh, he's 42, I really didn't want to date someone that was over 40. And that's it, done, out. Before we get to how online dating could get easier and better, let's get a crash course on machine learning. Trust me, it's way sexier than it sounds, and it's behind the secret to love online. You would be a fool to try to do online dating without machine intelligence, right? Without machine learning. Kenneth Kukier is the Economist data editor. He also wrote a book called Big Data with the subtitle, A Revolution That Will Transform How We Live, Work, and Think. 
in the same way that a baby or an adolescent is always taking in lots of information and then eventually is able to navigate the world, so too computers are able to take in lots more information. And so things that were laughed at 15 years ago, 20 years ago, today are actually working and working really well. For example, people laughed at the idea just last year. But machine learning is the reason why new technology like self-driving cars could be taking to the roads in the next decade. Just programming the rules of driving into a car's computer doesn't work because the car can't react if anything unexpected happens. It can only do what it's told. But when we throw lots of data at the computer and essentially say, you figure it out, you figure out that that's a light, that that traffic light is red and not green, that you need to stop in that circumstance. You figure out that this suggests that a car is moving up to your left, that because it's moving up to your left, you either need to accelerate or brake, but you must do something because it's going to hit you. So the car's computer learns by figuring out patterns. The more data or experience it takes in, the more it processes and then understands. The machine gets smarter, way smarter than us. And so it forces us to be humble because... You know, we're human beings and our optic is only just so narrow, but the machine can process a lot more data, so we have to listen to it. Okay, so that is machine learning. Now, how does it apply to online dating? You would be a fool to try to do online dating without machine intelligence, right? Without machine learning. Online dating services use algorithms that make correlations that would never, ever occur to us. But let's just be clear. We are not talking about dating apps like Tinder. Tinder, if you haven't heard of it, it might make you feel a little squeamish. It only suggests people who are nearby, in your vicinity, and then it asks you to swipe yes or no based on a headshot. That's it. Or there's also a newer one, Hinge, which shows profiles of people nearby, but who are also friends with someone you already know. It pulls in the information from Facebook. But a traditional dating site like Match, OkCupid, and eHarmony asks you a lot of questions. And then, for example... It might look at um, the propensity for mixed, uh, mixed marriages to work or not work. might determine whether they both, both parties of the couple like rom-coms versus like thrillers. Oh, I love a good rom-com. Ken's just making that one up. But yeah, we can't make the connections, but the computer can. And yet... It's often just not enough. I ended up with a lot of strange people trying to save me from the devil. Well, this is where Kang Zhao comes in. Yes. Hi. I'm an assistant professor at the uh, Department of Management Sciences, uh, University of Iowa. Out in the middle of the country, Professor Zhao has been thinking about how to improve online dating. So our approach, we look at your previous activity in approaching others and whether you, you can get responses. He's using a kind of machine learning called collaborative filtering. And chances are you're already familiar with this kind of machine learning because websites like Netflix use it. So if you're someone who loves political underdog movies and you also really like violent thrillers about cats, based on all the other people who like those two genres, Netflix can predict what else you might like to watch. But online dating is different. Okay, so let's say there's this guy, online dater John. So we have John who has been on this dating website for a while. He approached some uh, ladies out there. Uh, for some ladies, he gets some responses. For some, he, he didn't. And then we capture this thing and we model John, we model John's taste as well as attractiveness. 
Professor Zhao isn't measuring John's attractiveness, like whether he's hot or not, although that's bound to play a part of it. It's more just like who is getting back to him, how often. The goal is to find someone that John will like, and most importantly, will like John back. A match! And the more John updates his profile and approaches the ladies, the smarter Professor Zhao's algorithm will get. It needs activity, data to learn. For some ladies, he gets some responses. For some, he he didn't. But here's the big lesson. Success at online dating depends on high activity. If you're listening to this podcast in the hopes of finding just a cool person to be with, listen carefully. Here comes your added incentive to stop browsing and start dating. Well, we're always working, honestly, on trying to get people to engage with more of their matches. Steve Carter is vice president for matching at the online dating website eHarmony. And he says most people dating online, they have an attitude problem. A funny thing happens in computer-mediated communication. It was identified in the early 90s, and it's, it's certainly not something that's abated. People are much pickier about who they will talk to uh, in an online dating forum or an online dating milieu or an online dating paradigm than they would be if they met that exact same person in the real world. This is so not true, you're thinking. Why would I put myself through online dating if I didn't really want to meet someone? Bull, according to Steve. He's got your number. Okay, so for example, you go out to a party, party with, with some, some friends. friends and you get you, know, you get dressed up and you're you're kind of hoping to meet someone because you've been single for a few months, and you meet a guy who's a little bit older, his hair is kind of thinning, he's not really dressed the way you typically dress. But it turns out that you guys grew up within a mile of each other. And it turns out he knew someone you were friends with in your fourth grade homeroom. And you end up talking and by the end of the night you exchange phone numbers and... You've totally forgotten what he looks like because you're engaging with his values and his personality and history. That never happens online or it's very, very rare to happen online because people don't get past that very superficial first look. Right? It's, oh, oh his, his hair is kind of thinning. thinning. Oh, he's 42. I really, really want to date someone, someone over 40. 40. And that's it. Done. Out. And trying to get past that since the very inception of eHarmony been one of our goals. What's different about eHarmony's algorithm, stick with me here, it only pairs people who meet a statistical threshold for how likely they are to be in the top quartile of satisfaction If they got married. All right, all that gobbledygook aside, basically it means like they're only going to put you together if they think that you would be satisfied enough to actually get married. They are going for the big kahuna. And how do they quantify marital satisfaction? Yeah, it's a hard one. As a married person, I can attest to that. Well, they do it by researching tens of thousands of married couples around the world and asking them hundreds of incredibly personal questions. We're only looking at people that have already liked each other well enough to get married when we do research on married couples, even though some of them hate each other now. eHarmony claims that over 400 people a day get married in the U.S. because they were matched on the site. That's nearly 4% of new marriages. We can't prove that number, but other research does support that. A third of all new marriages nowadays do start online. And I do know an eHarmony couple who are now expecting their third kid. But we also heard from several people who were rejected from the site outright. 
Here's Valerie Peterson from that TechServe dating event. I was rejected from eHarmony. I literally spent hours filling out the um, information on the site, and um, they basically sent me a note saying, we can't match you. And I know that it happened to several other uh, of my friends who are um, really smart and highly educated and very, very attractive. So <laughs> oh, oh, the data can be harsh, but not having enough information can be harsh too. The eHarmony algorithm, any dating algorithm, needs to know as much as it possibly can. And here is where the real future of dating lies. Could you, I don't know, see that, like, I have a standing order for toothpaste on Amazon, and so therefore you know I am an organized, hygienic person, and I would be a good match with this other guy who also orders toothpaste on Amazon? Yeah, that's an awesome question. I mean, if if we could get people to let us install a little bit of JavaScript on their browsers and collect everything that they do, we could absolutely uh, figure out what types of people you're most likely to want to talk to. The problem is the NSA and, and, and Google have kind of ruined this for all of us. Well, since most of us don't want to give up any more privacy, Steve has another simpler suggestion. Step away from the computer and go on a date. You're not marrying him. You're not, you're not asking her to marry you. It's just a date. You know, go on a date. Because what happens in the real world on a date is, is magical and, and, and human. And what happens on online dating sites is cold and calculating and a lot of times self-defeating. And that is something the people writing the algorithms, like Steve or Kang, just can't help you with. You're on your own. How would you feel if people were like, you know, your algorithm brought us together? Uh, so, so we work with data. <laughs> I mean, in my real life, I haven't done this before. I haven't tried to set up dates for others. So what do you think the machine needs to know about you to make a love match? Your Amazon shipping history? Your favorite movies? What do we need to give the machines so that they can learn about love? Let us know at newtechcity.org in the comments section, and we will pass it on to the algorithm masters that you heard on this program. They were very sweet, weren't they? Sending you lots of love. I'm Manu Samarodi. This is New Tech City. Let's meet again next week, okay? I'm in the mood for love Simply because you're near me Funny but when